Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. If you're listening to my voice right now, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Either if you're watching on YouTube, just hit the button, or if you're listening to podcast feed, podcast listener, go to YouTube, support the show on, on both streams. I'd truly appreciate it. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by 2022. And we're not going to make it without your help. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that. In today's show, the health and safety protocols that have decimated rosters around the league is, has arrived here in Portland. The, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has made it to the Portland Trailblazers. It was inevitable. It was it was just the way the NBA has, has decided to push forward with this. It was going to happen to the Trailblazers, and now it has. Seven players are in the health and safety protocols. They will likely miss at least 10 days. That's at least four games without a big old chunk of the Blazers roster, including most of this team's front court. Let's talk in this show about who's in it, who's left, what they do from here, who else do they need to sign, what else do they need to do, and what's it going to look like. They're supposed to play a basketball game on Monday evening. This is Monday, December 27th show. I'm recording it on the evening of uh, Sunday, December 26th. Things can change since I was about to hit record and did hit record. Two other players have been in the, the health and safety protocols, so um, I'm going to try to give you everything I know as of right now. It's... Um, just before 8 p.m. on the West Coast. I am in, on the East Coast where it is almost 11 p.m. But like, here's what we know right now as of as of uh, 11 p.m. Sunday evening in beautiful Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where I'm recording this from. Uh, shout out to my childhood bedroom. Uh, so let's, let's go through the timeline, how they got here. Let's look at what's next and what, kind of what, what this situation put the Blazers in ahead of a game against the Mavericks who are also missing seven players who are in the health, currently in the health and safety protocols. It's a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, here's the timeline. Uh, the Blazers last played a game on December 21st against New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the day after that, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who gave the Blazers 18 points in that fourth quarter and really just, you know, um, ended Portland's chances in that game, tested positive, went to the health and th- safety protocols. It was inevitable. It was coming. They just played against someone who, um, you know, less than 24 hours later, tested positive for COVID-19. You knew it was going to happen. The Blazers did not play Thursday. Their game was canceled or postponed against the Brooklyn Nets, supposed to play a home game against the Brooklyn Nets, but the league canceled that because, or postponed that because the Nets did not have enough players to play. So the Blazers have had a full week off now. Uh, they weren't, you know, they went home for Christmas. Guys go home for new for Christmas Eve. They went home for Christmas Day. They actually didn't reconvene until they had a late practice on Sunday, December 26th. Like they got a full Christmas weekend. Um, you don't get a lot of these extended times off once the, NBA season starts. Nice to get guys away. But before all that happened, you knew it was kind of coming on December 24th on Christmas Eve after that um, exposure in the New Orleans Pelicans game. A couple days later, that Dennis Smith Jr. and Trendon Watford tested positive and entered the health and safety protocols. That was on Christmas Eve. Uh, that was first reported by Shams Tarania of, of The Athletic. And in that report, Shams Tarania indicated that since there were two positives on um, for the Blazers, kind of everyone else on the roster called back in, you got to test. Uh, the way it works is unvaccinated vaccinated guys don't have to test as regularly as vaccinated players do it's just um and the blazers to, to the best of my knowledge are 100 vaccinated 100 boosted so um have taken the you know advised medical precautions to avoid um you know the more serious dangers related to covid19 but it, and just where we're at sort of health wise is you are still likely to come down with maybe a less 
a less severe, sounds like a less severe case of it um, if you're vaccinated uh, with what the Omicron variant is. But you still, if players are exposed, you got to call everybody back in and get tested. That means on Christmas Day, Robert Covington, Ben McLemore, and Kelgen Blevins entered the uh, entered the health and safety protocols. Now they're going to be out for at least ten days. You got to um, you got to be asymptomatic or symptom free, and then passed in two negative tests. Right, um, so. And it's a, typically a 10-day period. Most NBA players, unless there's a false negative situation, which has happened a couple times here, have had had to go through the full 10 days. Most most players that have entered health and safety protocols have not gotten out early. So now you're looking at five players in for at least 10 days. And then on December 26th, uh, in the evening on December 26th, the Blazers had two more players with Yusuf Nurkic and Cody Zeller enter the health and safety protocols. Okay, so now the Blazers are down to seven players, and the injury report for the Blazers is book length. It's long, and it includes Damon Lord, who's questionable for Monday's game out for personal reasons. Now, if Dame were to miss the game for whatever those personal reasons might be, the Blazers are going to be mighty, mighty, mighty shorthanded. CJ McCollum, who this show was supposed to be about CJ, so we'll just do this here, kind of do this here quickly, and we're not going to talk about it as much because of all the other news, but um, CJ McCollum, last week was his right lung, which had collapsed. He had pneumothorax of the right lung, which is a collapsed right lung. Um, he was, he's been out for about two weeks. Last week he was cleared for, um, his, his, the team announced that his right lung was fully healed. He's cleared for non-contact drills and he was going to do increased conditioning and increased shooting as he kind of works himself up. And then this week he was supposed to be, um, they were going to, you know, reevaluate and make, maybe he was going to come back. And I was kind, kind of eyeing Thursday's game against the Utah Jazz, a home game where CJ's, you know, likely to come back. Uh, the game after that, they play back-to-back um, LA-Atlanta, but, uh, and Atlanta games at home. And so, you know, it seems like to me there would be the Thursday or maybe the, the return trip and potentially the LA game. But like later this week, seems like CJ McCollum would come back. Um, seems like Cody Zeller would come back. Um, he was supposed, supposedly going to be reevaluated this week. And I thought maybe the end of this week, you'd also get Cody Zeller. Um, but you don't have, you now you don't have CJ and you potentially don't have Dame. Um, and you're left with a lot of question marks. Um, I would assume that tomorrow's starting lineup or Monday, this evening starting lineup against Dallas Mavericks is Monday show. Um, is every Simons, Norman Powell, Nazir, little Tony Snell and Larry Nance jr. You do not have another person taller than six foot eight on the roster outside of Larry Nance. They're going to need to sign someone else. The thing is, the Blazers already have signed three players out of the G League. Uh, the league has mandated when players enter health and safety protocols, you have to sign replacement players. We kind of joked about it a little bit last week, and I pitched Rudy Fernandez. Rudy Fernandez is not on the team. Uh, they've added some other players. Let's come back in the second segment. Let's talk about who they added, what this team is going to look like playing against a Dallas Mavericks team that is also going through something similar as the league presses on in unprecedented and bizarre times unprecedented was i thought a word we were going to leave behind last year but it has creeped back up as we head towards 2022 so before we talk about the precedents let's talk about true bill it is a it is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions either the ones you don't need or the ones you don't want or the ones you just straight up forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year when they use Truebill, and it's because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. They do it intentionally. So Truebill is here to make it incredibly simple and easy for you. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And if it's more than one tap, a Truebill concierge is there so they can cancel those unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. 
I've used Truebill super easy. In about 10 minutes, I went to the website, uh, truebill.com slash locks.nba. I downloaded the app on my phone. And in, in 10 minutes, I had downloaded the app, linked all of my uh, of my digital subscriptions, was staring at them on my phone. Super simple, super easy, super streamlined. It, it, could, it could work for you. So don't fall for those subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locks.nba. Go right now, truebill.com slash locks.nba. That's truebill.com slash locks.nba. It could save you thousands a year. All right. So the Blazers with seven players in the health and safety protocols find themselves equally handed against the Dallas Mavericks who also have seven players in uh, in the health and safety protocols. Let me read you off the uh, the Dallas list because it is also lengthy. Reggie Bullock, Trey Burke, Willie Colley-Stein, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, and Ja'Cory McLa- McLaughlin also out. That's seven Mavericks if you are scoring at home. The Mavs have been dealing with this. You know, they signed Marquise Chris and um, national champion from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Theo Pinson, but worked out pretty well for them um, when you get a Tar Heel. But uh, this is this is the this is kind of where the league is right now, is they are just Guys are getting to G League. Guys are getting to live out their dream. Guys who are on the street, free agents on the street, getting to come back in the league like, you know, uh, Marquise Chris and, and Theo Pinson. And the Blazers are not alone in signing uh, replacement players. They're they're going to have to sign another tall person. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a moment. They don't, no Nurk, no Zeller, only Larry Nance. The tallest person on their bench is the newly signed Cameron McGriff, who uh, is playing for the Greensboro Swarm in the G League, averaged 10.4 points and 4.9 boards for the Swarm. He is a 24-year-old who went undrafted out of Oklahoma State. He's six seven forward, kind of um, a little bit of length added. But because the Blazers lost McLemore and they lost Blevins and they lost Dennis Smith Jr., um, they went ahead and added some depth at guard. They and they're missing, you know, might be missing Dame and, and are missing CJ. Like they need some depth at guard, and so they added two other guards, uh, Brandon Williams, uh, who's playing for the Westchester Knicks and averaging seventeen point four points, seventeen point seven points, and four and a half uh, assists per game. He's a 6'2", 22 year old undrafted out of Arizona, and Jaron Cumberland, who was playing for the Delaware Blue Coats in the G League, averaging nine point four points, three point seven boards, and two point four assists. A six five guard who's twenty four years old out of Cincinnati. I can't pretend like I've seen these folks. I was not at the G League showcase in uh, in Las Vegas, um, and I'm and I'm not a big college basketball guy. Like what I know is they signed two guards and a forward. Um, that, that's what I can tell you. What I will say is that I'm going to imagine that Cameron McGriff plays a great deal of minutes. Um, the Blazers are going to need. Mr. McGriff, um, this is not a call up for insurance purposes. This is a call up because the Blazers straight up just need bodies. Like I said, Damian Lord is listed as questionable for Monday's game against the Dallas Mavericks with, uh, for out for personal reasons is, is what the Blazers are calling it. Um, whatever that might be, um, whether, whether Dame's, you know, questionable is like, like in the technical sense means it's like 50% chance likelihood that you'll play like a coin flip. But if we assume that Damian Lord is not available, we're talking Amphrey Simons, Norman Powell, Nazir Little, Tony Snell, Larry Nance Jr., I would assume is my presumptive starting lineup. And off the bench, if Dame is not available, the only other sort of Blazers regular, um, for lack of a better term, will be CJ Ellaby because CJ McCollum has already been ruled out for uh, Monday's game as he still works his way back. Be CJ Ellaby, and then you're looking at the then you're looking at the replacement guys at the G League at the G Leaguers. Um, you're looking at Brandon Williams and um, and Jaron Cumberland, and you're definitely looking at Cameron McGriff. Um, 
he's six seven. They're gonna need him. Like they're just they're just straight up gonna need him. Um, <laughs> I did like they're you know Snell and Nas um, can play four a little bit. I think you're gonna see the Blazers go super duper small with like Nazir Little and Tony Snell playing a little bit of five somewhere in there. Um, but the Blazers just they just need more size. So like this is you know I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna pretend like I've, I've spent this uh, Christmas weekend studying G League tape, but like. Um, you better hope Cameron McGriff can play because they're gonna they they're gonna need what he brings. Um, even before before like Nurk and Zeller going into the protocols is really bad news because one you just don't want people to get sick. No one like any having seven players in the Blazers and seven players in the Mavericks is bad for the league. It's just it's bad news. It's bad. It's kind of just bad news that that um, we're in a place where where we're both testing to find out and and pretending to be worried about this to some extent. I don't know. I'm not saying that what you are. I'm saying the league is. You, dear listener, can like pick your own adventure with this stuff. But like the league's like pretending to be concerned to some extent and also just like introducing a whole bunch of players into the ecosystem and saying they can play as long as they don't enter the same protocols the people they're replacing are in. It's um it's quite a it's quite strange optics from the league if if nothing else it's a very strange place for them to be in with two teams uh playing with seven people ruled out with um like a pretty contagious virus it's it's quite something but like um before before like the need for a center right before because zeller wasn't going to play but you could nurk between nurk and nance you can steal enough minutes to to figure out how to play those center minutes but with only nance like you don't have a traditional center on the roster nance is a totally capable nba center but um you know, how, what's a reasonable number of minutes for him to play? Like, even if he plays 40, you still have eight minutes where um, Tony Sneller and Azir Little or this Cameron McGriff fellow is your center, and that's that will be a challenge. The Blazers, like, they've, you know, they since they've gone to this new starting lineup with with Dame and Norm and Nas um, and, and Nance and Nurk, like, they're still playing Robert Covington 30 minutes off the bench. That's 30 minutes of basically power forward minutes of... of Cove basically exclusively plays at the four, regardless of who's playing five next to him. That's 30 minutes you're going to have to replace. They were shorten up the bench with Ben McLemore, but he was playing 15 minutes a night. Um, you know, if 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 uh, CJ Ellaby can step into those minutes, uh, obviously he's a big, pretty big step down from McLemore, but at least he's somewhat familiar with the plan and then they were playing like a one first half cameo of Trendon Watford playing small ball center that was even with Nurk and with um, Nance healthy like they were still kind of needing to steal four minutes of of playing a different shape and playing a different size at set a different dude at center just because you need rest like if you start both of your centers at four and five at some point both of them are going to have to sit in the first half if you're gonna if you're gonna kind of stretch it you can you know you could fake the funk a little bit uh a little bit late because you can stretch guys, but um, that's you know it's it's hard to ask Nurk to play thirty seven minutes and get the most out of them. Um, also, him and Nance have had some foul trouble, so you kind of got to go to the Trent and Watford thing as well. So, like the Blazers need another big. It's just <laughs> it's undeniable that they're going to need one. Um, wh- I think you would be better off signing a, kind of a veteran big here, um, but I do think like the sort of MO of the front office is to sign young guys, to sign guys who haven't, who've, you know, who've popped in the G league, um, who they scouted in the G league and they think can help because maybe you find something that can help you moving forward as opposed to, um, as opposed to like a more veteran type like Marquise Chris, but the Blazers are going to need another big. I think that's, that part is undeniable. Um, 
let's talk about a little about what what the next 10 days might look like um cuz i think monday is going to be is going to look like this and depending on dame's availability um really not a lot of not a lot of centers no point guards um uh against a team that's equally undermanned but like let's let's take a look at what sort of what what the next little bit might be like for the blazers in the third segment to close out the show but before we do that I want to tell y'all about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. It's pretty simple. They're just making delicious protein bars. I've been telling you about uh, Built Bars in this space for a long time. I've also been enjoying them at my home for a long time. They're good. Like, I could tell you a lot of things, but they're good. They just, they're the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. Um, They're covered in 100% chocolate. My personal favorites are cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie, but they got a a bunch of different flavors and some rotating uh, limited time flavors. So you will always be able to find something that meets your palate. And regardless, they just pack a punch, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com and use that promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. So, <laughs> Monday's game's going to look a little bit different. Uh, if if Dame plays, um, the Blazers have enough talent to beat a shorthanded Mavs team. If they don't, it's going to be quite a... Quite an interesting Chris Porzingis Norman Powell showdown. Um, it's it'll be it'll be something. Um, I, I've said this before, and I, I don't want to say this to be flippant about anyone's health because um, this you know this stuff is serious. Like um, we are moving to a point where I think culturally and and particularly in, in this country in the United States. So for my international listeners, it might not apply to you, but like we are going to treat COVID exposure differently over the next five, six months. Uh, the way we do this in the summer is going to be drastically different. And this is part of kind of the stages to get there. Um, it's just, it's inevitable that the sort of, uh, our response to it is going to change the way we worry and the way we care about this is going to change. Absolutely. Um, and so, but right now this is kind of the space we're in and I don't want to be flippant about people's health because quite frankly, I just don't know enough about this. I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a public health professional to sort of say like, oh, everyone's going to be fine. Who cares? Um, cause I, I hope that is the case. I think generally speaking, that has been the case for most NBA guys. Um, this, this wave of COVID, uh, it certainly has not been in the past. There's been, um, you know, NBA players, including as your little got very sick and it's, um, you know, it's like I said, don't want to be flipping about anyone's health, but like, we assume that everyone comes back and is and is available to play. Uh, we're talking 10 days from today. And for most of those guys, at a very minimum, that's going to be four games. It's going to be Dallas on Tuesday evening, assuming that game happens. Or, excuse me, Monday evening, assuming that game happens. There's going It's going to be uh, Utah on Thursday of this week. They play the, they play the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz are going to be without Donovan Mitchell for that, who's dealing with um, just a basketball-related injury, not, not COVID stuff. Uh, and the Jazz, for the most part, have not had... Um, one of the teams that just hasn't had a lot of um, health and safety issues so for you know the jazz are mostly uh whole but missing one of their best players tough game mavericks kind of a toss-up all these games are really weird with these raggedy lineups um the Mavs are mediocre. The Blazers have been straight up bad. Hard to call it, right? But the Utah is a really good basketball team, even without Donovan Mitchell. They're certainly worse, but they're a really good basketball team. Then they play at the Lakers, who are a mess. Um, 
not a particularly good basketball team, but they do have LeBron James, who's pretty good. And then they come back and they play the Hawks. Most of the most of these uh, gentlemen, most of the Blazers who have been in health and safety protocols are very likely to miss all four of those games. That's that's at a minimum. You're talking four games where even on like a you're even like a generous read on the on the who's going to be available is something like Dame Norm Nas. Tony Snell, Larry Nance, and Anthony Simons. That's six. Then you can go seven with C.J. Ellaby, and your eighth is probably this Cameron McGriff or whatever center the Blazers sign. Um, that's something. Also, I said the Jazz game was. Apologies here. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the schedule real quick. Uh, jazz game's Wednesday, and then they play Friday, Saturday. I, I I got my days backed up. But so if we're talking ten days from Christmas Eve for uh, for Dennis Smith Jr. and Trenton Watt for the t- first two Blazers to enter. Um, to enter the health and safety protocols. Then we're talking through the Hawks game. Uh, There's a potential that most of the Blazers are back uh, for the January 5th game against the Miami Heat. And the the gentleman who entered it today, that's Cody Zeller and and Yusuf Nurkic, they're very likely to miss that Heat game as far as my understanding of it, and they would return for a home game January 7th against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So conceivably, guys are missing four to five games. Um... The Blazers are not in a good spot. Like they really, really, really need wins. Um, we kind of talked about this on a, on a previous version of the show. Is that the, this was kind of inevitable? Is that this was going to happen and they were going to have to um, to deal with it in some way somehow? Um, it's not like the Blazers are doing this in like a unique way that other teams aren't signing G League guys and and pushing forward with games as has happened across the league and across um, a bunch of different teams. It's it is what it like. Again, I don't. Don't want to be flipping over people's health, but it kind of is what it is. Like this is this is the league's response. They are going to keep playing basketball games, um, and so the Blazers, by being members of this league, are going to have to keep playing basketball games. Uh, but they are just this is bad news for them. Um, the The door is open in the West for some of one of these bottom teams in the league uh, to to make a move. Um, certainly, the Blazers are. I, I don't know, like poised to do that because they've really struggled. And, um, you know, even when they've looked like they've had an opportunity, they lose that game last week uh, to the Pelicans. But like, um, you know, you just look at the teams ahead of them. The Clippers are going to be without Paul George for a month. The Nuggets still haven't been healthy. The Lakers are just not very good. The Mavericks, again, kind of mediocre and missing a whole bunch of their parts. The T-Wolves have been up and down. Um, the, the Spurs are a good defensive team without a lot of offense, but uh, some interesting young parts. You know, when the Blazers are sitting here today, they're two and a half games out of sixth. But they're also missing seven players and basically all of their centers. Um there wasn't like this was going to be a good time or a good, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't like a be, a good time to have a COVID outbreak, but I think the door was open for the Blazers to kind of seize something, you know, like they haven't been very good. They've, they've looked mostly like a bad team this season, but even with like mostly looking like a bad team, you know, they're 13 and 19. Um, they just, uh, you know, they just blew a, a road game against a, a legitimately bad team in the Pelicans. I know that they had won four in a row at one point, including that win over the Blazers, but I'll call it what it is. You can tell Jake Madison hosted locks on Pelicans, like a legitimately bad team. And the Pelicans, the the door was open for the Blazers. And I was, um, I don't know if I was loading up the optimism cannon, but I was, you know, I was looking and say, Cody Zeller's getting back this week. He helps because they need another body. CJ McCollum's going to get back this week. He helps because he's a good NBA basketball player. Um, they haven't been very good. I don't really have faith in their defense getting good, but like they, as bad as they've been, 
the the door is cracked and they can burst through that no problem. They don't even have to rip off a bunch of games. They need to win something like, you know, um, six out of ten. <laughs> Like they need to go six and four over their next 10 games and they would be right there, um, you know, with a, with a kind of a home, a little mini home heavy stretch before they go out on the road for a while and things probably get a little bit dicey, but, you know, back for a majority of home games for two weeks. Like I was looking at this, quite frankly, preparing for this um, episode this weekend and saying like, you know, there's... I don't want to like truly be optimistic because it's not how I feel in my heart. I've watched too many of, I've watched this game too closely to like really feel like, oh, they're about to rip off some games. But like, you know, I, I see the Paul George news. I watch the Lakers play on Christmas. Um, you know, I, I'm familiar with the musical stylings of the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks. Like I just, these teams aren't like wholly better than the Blazers. Like they're also just mediocre. Like the, it's right there for them to be right back avoiding the play in. And then this, set you know stretch of games puts them in a situation where they're going to be without a lot of their depth Rocco's been really good since he's been to the bench uh, Ben McLemore like straight up won them a game with hitting eight threes off the bench uh, against the Grizzlies like it's um you know they're uh that was before the Grizzlies game sorry but like uh you know it's uh They've had, they've, they need these depth parts. Like they've, they'd shortened the bench and kind of said, you know, it's going to be Rocco and BMAC and Ant. And that's, that's who's going to play. And this is kind of the group we trust. And when CJ gets back, we'll go nine deep and we'll go from there. And now that that's kind of all out the window and a team that I don't know if they needed continuity. They need like, they probably need change much more desperately than they need continuity. But, um, and, and it's like I said, there's no good timing for this, but the Blazers were sort of poised to, be able to wipe away the grossness of their first 32 games here and say, Hey, if we're just kind of fine over our next, um, you know, over our, over our next 10 and we're, you know, we kind of, we look up here at the midway point and we're three games under 500, we'll be right there in striking distance. Like, I really believe that, like that's, that doesn't sound particularly good, but if the Blazers are three games under 500 at the midway point of the season, they will be fine. Cause the bottom half of the West is not good. Um, will they be fine? Like, I'm talking relative to expectations. I thought this team was going to finish six in the West. I think if they were three games under 500 at at the midway point, they could be right there, right? They could be back in the, back in this sort of, um, a chance to avoid the play and finish six in the West. And the playoffs will likely be their own sobering opportunity. But like now they've got 10, 10 days, four or five games where you, I don't think you could confidently call any of these a win. And, um, you know, Atlanta has also had a bunch of guys in, in health and safety protocols. Um, so that the end of that, the end of this stretch is, is, is unknowable. And the heat have had, um, have health problems with, with Bam Adebayo and, and, and Kyle Lowry and not a lineup and same with Jimmy Butler. Like, um, but they're, they're a pain. Like, I, I don't think you can look at any of these five games and say, oh, that's a win. That's for sure a win. And if the Blazers go one and four, like if we, if, if we look up and they're 14 and 23, I don't think I can fake it for optimism on a Sunday show sometime in the future. I think we got to call it. Um, they've, they've kind of come to the point in the season where it was put up or shut up and like shut up might mean like put up or shut down like it might mean just like call it call it and say hey this isn't going to happen with this group we need to um we kind of got to tear it back or 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 drastically overhaul as much as we as much as we can with what we have and you know i thought this next 10 12 games was going to be a chance for them to kind of decide what direction they wanted to go heading into the trade deadline in february and now they're going to be missing seven you know five rotation guys um and seven players it's uh you know 
Rocco and McLemore and Nurk were all going to play. Zeller was a maybe, Watford is a maybe, and Dennis Smith Jr. is like a specific matchup he plays. Calder Blevins wasn't going to play, but like Rocco and McLemore and Nurk, particularly Rocco and Nurk, are vitally important to what this team wants to do and who they who they sort of what they can be like their ceiling is in many ways defined by how well those guys play each and every night um and now you play four or five games without them <laughs> this was supposed to be about cj mccollum's return i had I'll, uh, I'll hold this up for the youtube world i had it here in the notebook i had notes on cj mccollum and i had to start i had to scrap that and uh scrap that and start writing it's like figuring out the death chart right like um this stinks I think is the, you know, this stinks. It stinks because it, it's, it feels like you're watching uh, an intentionally watered down version of the league. It stinks because, you know, players you root for are, are homesick. And even if, you know, some, like some of them might not have symptoms and might not be that, uh, you know, uh, like in any like sort of grave medical danger, but sick with, with, with you know, you don't, this, you don't, this is the situation you want anybody to be in. It stinks, stinks. It's bad. It's, it feels bad for the league. It feels bad to talk about. Um, it's just a, it's a, we're not in a good spot. Um, and then there's the basketball stuff and the, the basketball stuff puts the Blazers in, it puts their season, it puts an already season that was skittering in the wrong direction. It puts it at a chance to just go completely sideways and for them to be, to lose, lose control of the rope, to just let go of the rope completely because, um, you know, Damon Norman Nas is not, Damon Norman Nance or whatever as your three best players is not, not a playoff team in the West. It's a, maybe pretty entertaining team and i'm happy for guys to get opportunities i'm really happy for brandon williams and and uh and jaron cumberland cameron griff to introduce themselves to me on the court you know and me to figure out what they are and then get a chance to prove they belong in the league but um this isn't the circumstances any of us want so hopefully no more bummers this week blazers play the mavs we will recap that one um obviously i i guess a lot of these games are probably like reasonably in jeopardy but depending on health and safety stuff. So, um, if they're not, we'll talk about something else. Uh, we didn't, because it was a holiday week last week. Uh, we didn't get quick on the show. That's my bad. Um, I'll do my best to do that this week. So we'll get Jason quick on there. We'll talk about what's going on with the blazers. We'll do a mailbag. We'll have a lot of fun. Lockdown blazers still rolls on. Um, I'm not loading up the optimism cannon, but I'm not going to not do shows. I'm going to bring it to you and try to bring you some energy, try to help us learn more about whatever this version of the Blazers looks like. Um, so tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts and on YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. I'd truly appreciate it. Come back for more. Five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts. The only Daily Trailblazers podcast. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.